This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Daytona's. Daytona's Kitchen and Creative Catering. Ooh, 622-2169. Your culinary journey on the corner of Cobalt Crescent and Allo Drive. Ooh, weekly food and drink specials. Mmm, weekly. Andrew Stone and his team works hard. And there's a lot of other people that work hard too. It's a combination of the front of the house and the back of the house. And they work for one purpose, to give you the best possible food experience here in town at their family-style restaurant. It's a family-owned restaurant and business. 622-2169. They're open right now. Even during the pandemic, you can pick up or you can get delivery. Yes. Oh, And don't Forget, you know, you have to remember. Super Bowl is happening February the 7th. Super Bowl at Daytona's. That's right. You can pre-order right now. And you are going to get one pound of wings, beer cheese dip with tortilla chips, prosciutto goat cheese flatbread. That one gets me every single time. I just want to eat that right now when I say this. This is so good. Then we have Parmesan and garlic potato wedges. Mm. It's a 40 bucks per order, ready for Super Bowl, and it will feed to about two to three people, and it's all about local. Local restaurant Daytona's happening right now. They're here for you. 622-2169. And we are here for them to support them. Mm. Give them a call. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brand Hackberg, your RBC Royal Bank of Canada mortgage specialist. Yes, you can reach him right here, right now, 251-7251. He is there for you, 24-7, to help you get your house, right? You want that house. You want it. You saw it. You know it's nice. Ah, oh, that garage, that big living room. Mm. I don't know. You always wanted that hot top in there too. And you can actually park two cars off street and it's not like, it's nice. Yes, you want it. And Brent, that's his job. That's what he does. That's where he excels. That's his game. His game is getting your dream home. Your ownership. He's going to make that money into the best possible outcome. He just he work, just works it. I don't know. He, Brent. Brent Hackberg. He crunches those numbers. He puts it all together. He presents it to you. And you don't need to know all the details. He just makes it work. Or if you want to know all the details, he tells you it all to you. He tells you what it means. Low interest rate right now. We're in the middle of the pandemic. What's happening with the market? He knows that. And you can take that to your advantage. Yes. Brand Hackberg. Your RBC Royal Bank Mortgage Specialist right here in Thunder Bay. That's 251-7251. Or find him on Facebook. He has a page. Yes. Brand Hackberg. RBC Royal Bank of Canada. Type that in. Search Facebook. You find him. So easy. He's there for you. He's going to make it happen.
Thank you. This is the Michael Lated Show, episode 59 today. We are back. Shelby Budget 101. I have to stretch this, and now I press the button because I had to switch the button still. Oh my God, so stressful <laughs> tonight. So Shelby, how are you doing? The music is playing. <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah, can you feel this stress? It's in my eyeballs. <sighs> ah. Yeah. Feel the stress. Yeah. Are we live? We we are we, we this is this this is it. Everybody's is it? Okay, everybody okay. wants the facts right now. We want to know what's going on, Shelby. What's okay, what's happening? Let's dive into it. Okay. Uh, so the last time we spoke, mm. uh, we did have a chat about the budget, and that was I believe January fifth when that rolled out. Since we spoke, um, we've had two meetings of council. Okay. Uh, one was last Tuesday, and that was the long range forecast. So city administration puts together a package for council to review. Mm. This kind of outlines our debt service ratio, um, projected tax increases over time. Like it's a it's a long range forecast. Mm-hmm. And then tonight we had a meeting, and tonight is the pre budget deputations. Mm-hmm. And when we mentioned this last last time we spoke, um, constituents, our organizations can have ten minutes before council to come to council to discuss the budget. So mm-hmm. whatever is, um, you know, their hot buttons of interest. Mm. So I thought we'd chat about those tonight. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do the, can we do the deputations first? Yeah, yeah. The deputations are always more interesting than a long, well, there's a mm-hmm. thing in the long range forecast that I find super interesting and just helpful in terms of framing the entire budget. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about deputations first. Okay. So first up, we had the Chamber chamber of Commerce come forward into the deputation. Uh, who's that? Um, Who came forward? The, the person? Uh, it was Charlotte Charla Robinson. Okay. She, yeah. So she's the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, they've, uh, they've, as far as I've come, been on council, they've always done a deputation. Um, of course, wanting, they have a, their constituency, shall we call them, or their clientele. Um, or business owners, mm-hmm. so people who own either own properties or businesses um, and have become chamber members. Uh, sometimes it could be corporations that aren't necessarily voters. So they come to council or via Sharla um, and the chamber, um, and they they often you know want to see less spending to lower taxes. Mm-hmm. For business Not- taxes, are we talking about business taxes or? Uh, property taxes. Okay. So the business owns a property. Um, they want to see um, just fewer taxes in general. Mm. Uh, never any consensus, I understand, from where they want to see the taxes cut. Mm. Um, but that, that's generally, I mean, it's it's um, normal for the chamber to, to have that type of deputation. It's happened for the last six years. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's, What kind of rate is that right now? For business, um, well, it depends on your property assessment. Uh, um, your um, uh, retail space, like a commercial building, if you're multi-residential, they might be part of the chamber. Um, you could be light industrial, you could be heavy industrial. Mm. So, depending on the property class, you would actually have to pay more or less in taxes. Mm-hmm. Like agriculture, yes. Um, lower so yeah and to like my common knowledge that i have acquired throughout the years is um pretty straightforward if the property tax not the property if the business tax is lower it attracts more businesses 
yeah, that's that's definitely a factor into um, you know increasing um, like the popularity. I also think like using tax money wisely to invest into areas mm. uh, also helps increase taxes. Take the waterfront for example. I don't think it is a mistake that businesses are flourishing down there. Like let's pretend COVID isn't happening for a moment. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of restaurants that have opened up in the last you know five to eight years. The Eaton's building was purchased. Mm. The bad building, like you need to get those guys on your show. Show mm. George Clonigo, uh, Malin, like those people are amazing investors in our community. Do I think they would have done it if maybe the waterfront wasn't done? Um, maybe not. Mm. I just don't think these things happen by accident. And it was through city foresight and planning and mm-hmm. investment that uh, businesses are allowed to flourish. Okay. Uh, one thing the chamber did say that I thought was very interesting is that they don't want us to use the reserves or to use the reserves as a last minute option. So the reserves are money that we have in the bank and are when we have that money in hand, we can then borrow at a lower rate and borrow more money. Mm-hmm. So we're using the bank's money rather than our money to um, for big projects. And there's a number of different pots that our reserves fall into. In pandemic times or just any times of crisis, the first thing to do is to reach into that reserve bank and use the reserves, mm. which I think is fair to to think that way. Um, so it's just a matter of can we use the reserves? What will it cost us in borrowing in the future if we don't have that money, like that collateral on mm-hmm. hand? And uh, right now we're financially in a really good shape, like, Administration has done a really good job making sure our debt to service ratios have been quite balanced. So um, we'll see where other council members lie on that. Um, I know some council members are already thinking about using the reserve funds to lower taxes, mm. but then have that capacity later on to borrow or maybe refinance something or yeah. There's we'll a, see about that. Okay. So that's very complex. Very complex. Yeah. <laughs> Probably too long to explain in this. People could just watch council if they want to know all about that. Mm. Second deputation tonight was from Henry Wojak. So Henry Wojak is um, a constituent that uh, he's actually run for mayor a few times, very involved with letting council know his opinions. Um, but, you know, he's, uh, he, he shows up all the time um, and he, he does his deputations to council. Mm-hmm. His, um, his takeaway points tonight he, I know he mentioned um, defunding the police. Mm-hmm. And this was something that actually came up after the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, defunding the police came out of the states, mm-hmm. um, like push to defund. And when you look, he used um, the mayor of, I believe it was Montreal, and the mayor of Toronto mm-hmm. as example. The only thing is, is that the way our police is funded we actually fall under the Police Services Act. So we fall under a provincial mandate. So we have to fund the police. We have no option to defund them. Mm. Um, whereas the city of Toronto has the city of Toronto Act. So they can, they're almost like a mini province unto themselves. Uh, and then Quebec, I don't know what rules they have in Quebec, but I can guarantee you they're very different than mm. what we have. So on first blush, it's easy to say, well, these places are defunding the police. Mm. Can't we do it? But we fall under a different rule system. So how would that go? If that would go 
If that would go further, who would approve that? If to defund the police, I'd imagine. Um, like, and hypothetically, it would be, it could go to OPP. Mm. But realistically, if that went to OPP, what would happen is our local police officers would take the badge off their arm, put an OPP badge on. Mm. Of course, the training, but it would be the same group of people. Mm-hmm. Nothing would change except the cost would go higher because OPP are actually more expensive than um, local police. That's what I heard. Yes. That's yeah. what I heard. <laughs> My brother-in-law is an OPP officer, so I always give him the gears. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Christmas is fun. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was the second. Uh, third, we had the Friends of Chippewa came forward and did a deputation about all the work that they're doing. Um, I know that they have uh, an ask. They also, um, we were speaking earlier off, um, before we started about the uh, community cultural um Uh, fund mm-hmm. and uh, so that is a, a pot of money uh, what, what did it say in the news it said three million yeah three million dollars three million dollars yeah. um, that money headline is city awards nearly three million in funding for non-profits yeah and that's 18 yeah, I thought it was two something uh, city council approves 18 local non-profit groups for 2021 community use and culture funding program grants Mm-hmm. So the the friends of the conservatory, I believe, are applying for this funding. Um, and what's interesting about how the rules work is that if you apply for the funding, there's a committee that makes up who gets that funding and who doesn't. So you actually, you're not allowed to come to council and ask for money if you're applying for this pot of funding over here because it kind of jumps around mm-hmm. and um, it makes for very messy bureaucracy if. Council can override the decision of a committee because then why is the committee there? Wasn't council do it? But then we'd be bogged down with so much paperwork approving these committee reviews. So we have a smaller committee that kind of vets and does that. Yeah, because city Now, council in Thunder Bay is part time, officially. Yeah. Yes. Uh, officially, mm-hmm. the thing with the three million is that each organization, depending on their funding structure, doesn't necessarily they won't. They're not running just on the city funds. So they have other pots of money. Maybe it's like an arts and cultural grant. Maybe it's a federal grant. Maybe it's a not-for-profit so that people are they're getting donations. So maybe the city only makes up a third of their, their, their total budget. So the city portions make up a third of their budget. That money, that $3 million, hypothetically, then becomes $9 million in the community. Mm. So we actually um, help Uh, keep money and bring in funds from other sources, yes. which is, uh, and of course, helping and filling gaps and needs in the community. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the fourth, fourth group was uh, poverty free Thunder Bay. Um, they came to, uh, to actually thank council for all the support and programs that they had. Um, I didn't really hear a clear ask out of them, but I know that um, over the course of throughout the year, um, They, they've come and advocated and provided um, additional information. And um, yeah. And then we had a letter from somebody who wanted some infrastructure work on Valley Street hmm. tonight. Yeah. Wow. So that was pretty quick that then. Was uh, it was. It lasted maybe a little over an hour. So is that normal? That's just like six points, five points? Is that a lot? Is that normal? Is that average? I think it was. It's on par with last year. Um, are you drinking out of a jar? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> this is a pickle jar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a pickle jar. Yeah, what, what's <laughs> wrong with that? Do you want I me got to distracted? Br- yeah, I can bring the other one. That's all the tomato sauce. <laughs> I, I keep those too. I don't buy gl- I don't buy glasses anymore. Do you? So I thought I don't. I get the last time I had glasses, I got. I was at Superstore and I got this free kit and they were like plastic glasses and I love them. Okay, that's good. Yeah, those are good for the kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't have children, but yeah. We got they, kind of, they, look, like, they look like wine glasses, mm. but they're plastic. So I could give them to the kids and the kids think they're adults. Yeah. And then my daughter she could drink till her face falls off and not worry about breaking the glass. So yeah. it's like, wait, wait. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. We got, um, we got this. I'm sorry, I'm going to get sidetracked here. And that's, yeah, yeah, no, let's get sidetracked. Yeah, I got this cup for Christmas for Casper and it's like this blue cap and, it's, and there's a shower head in it it looks like lots of holes and then there's a rubber lid on top and it's just like he can he can he can just put his mouth against it and then he just sucks it and it's just like he can actually drink without everything going into his face it's amazing nice mm. did you try drinking out of it did I try yeah we Lisa and I could not figure it out and we gave it to him and one second and he drank <laughs> It's like baby bottles. Have, have you have you tried to drink out of a baby bottle as an adult? Well, you have to check the temperature, right? So you 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 just try it if it's if it's okay. If it's too hot, it's oh my god, and then yeah, but, yeah. I was checking the temperature. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. <laughs> I was at a, a a baby shower, and one of the games was uh, to drink who could drink the the juice out of the bottle the fastest. Mm-hmm. It's actually <laughs> that's a good game. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. What was in the baby bottle? Juice, right? Orange juice? Yeah, it was juice. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it was apple juice. Apple juice is good. <sighs> okay. So I thought there would be more people putting something forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I when I first got on council, uh, six years ago, when was this? The budget of 20, 2015. It was that year's budget. I think there were, I want to say 16. I remember being there for a long time and just, it was a long night. Mm. Um, but um, yeah. And then last year, so I, I don't want to say that it was COVID that kept people away. If anything, it made it more accessible because we were allowing um, to participate over mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft Teams. Yeah. Um, so it's, um I think people have just been very distracted and rightly so. This mm. has been every week is a historic moment and people are just all polit- political out. Mm. Okay. So, but this would have been also the opportunity for somebody who is not satisfied with um, a tax increase to speak up and say, Hey, this is, this is how I feel about it. Absolutely. Okay. And there's always, online workbook as well mm-hmm. you don't want to do a deputation there's also an opportunity for a post deputation so we do this all again after we talk about the budget but before we finalize it okay then people have the opportunity to come and uh, make their pitch again mm. good all right what's up next uh the one other thing i wanted to go back to is if you go to the uh, long-term forecast, so if you go into the city website, there's a slide deck there. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe 50 slides in it. Um, very easy to consume. So if you don't know anything about the budget, that is a very good document to kind of help you understand how the taxes are paid for. 
And I won't talk too long on it, but my favorite slide is slide 22. Mm-hmm. That slide says, uh, what do your taxes pay for? And they break it down by $1,000. So for every $1,000 you spend in property tax, what goes to what department? Uh, okay, it's a good percentage, yeah. Yeah. So $359 out of 1000 goes to police, fire, and EMS. Okay. Right off the top, a third of our budget goes there. And when you realize and understand that those are unionized legislative positions um, that often have arbitrated uh, awards for their increases, you you start to realize, like we're going down the list, how much is actually not in city control, Mm. (laughs) council control for the budget. Um, Okay. Question. Yeah. Question. Like if you work for the provincial government or you work for the federal (laughs) government, sometimes, you know, Somebody decides, okay, there's no increase for public servants uh, for four years. That's an option also for the, is that an option for them? Somebody, or do they, how is that possible? I'd imagine that would, um, I mean, I'm, I don't know any specifics, but uh, like of what you're, I just want people to know I'm not talking about anything specific. Mm. I would probably say that that is a non-unionized environment. Um, probably um, uh, staff, yeah, who don't belong to the union or who are management. Mm. So once outside of those union boundaries, um, your employer can, uh, can essentially dictate um, like what level of increase or no increase that you get. Uh, whereas where is if you're in a union, um, often if you butt heads with your employer, um, you can, there's opportunities um, often to go to arbitration. So then it gets awarded by a judge mm-hmm. and neither side really negotiates. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, are they allowed to strike even? Um, I think, are they allowed to strike? Mm-hmm. I don't think um, public service, like police, fire, EMS, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know which unions can and cannot strike. I think some of them are essential services and they're not allowed. Just a quick Fun fact on Germany. Oh, fun I, fact. Yeah. Okay. You, always, you always like those ones. Germany, I do. if you are a teacher at the school, you are working for the federal government. Okay. Okay. So there's a specific term for that. And you are not allowed to strike at no matter the cost as a teacher. Okay. Because education is valued and kids are not allowed to not to go to school. Oh, okay, but they still strike the kids. The kids can go. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's is it legislated from the government that the teachers are not allowed to strike. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, but they they get they, it's um it's a desirable job because you get the, your pension and everything. Okay. Yeah, but if you would go on a strike somewhere, that's it. You're gone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean. I can see how that would evolve. And mm-hmm. That's just quick fun fact. Quick fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just look that up? Did I look that up? No, I knew about that. Yeah. It's, it's like when like when the teachers were on strike here, right? And it's good. I'm whatever they want to do. You know, they have they have their rights and they want to do what they want to do. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. But whenever they did it, I was like, I told Lisa, you know, in Germany, 
<laughs> Does she ever get tired of hearing in Germany? <laughs> it's the good old days. <laughs> just go back. Drink schnapps from a little glass, a little tiny jar. <laughs> yes, and there's pears in it, and I don't know how they got them in there. <laughs> uh, okay. oh, fun, fun. Mm. Yeah, any other questions before we wrap it up? Uh, deputations are, I guess, a little bit, I thought there would be more. Yeah, I thought so too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. And then now you have a, you have a chance to think about this and then make a decision on it. Is, is that's how it goes then? Yeah. So we have uh, four meetings coming up, and each each um, meeting has a different theme. And we just work through the budget book, and we go line by line. And if there's anything that comes up, maybe somebody wants to add something or delete something or alter something. Mm. That's the night and the time. So we, then we vote on that. And then that night, we have a, a series of things that get changed, and that gets collated into the minutes for that meeting. Okay. And then the minutes for each four meetings, so you got sets four minutes, and then deputations happen. And then the final night of budget is when we uh, ratify all of the minutes. We say, this is the record. And that night, often things will get pulled, last minute kind of weaving and ducking in. Mm. It's kind of an exciting night at council. Um You've got some really good, like, long-term city council members who know what they're doing. Like, the mayor has, um, like, he, I have never heard anyone ask questions like the mayor. Mm. Like, he just nosedives, like, just amazing questions out of him. Uh, Andrew Folds, very articulate and um, knows what, just how to, to move a situation. Um, and Rebecca Johnson, really good with uh, like fine needle needlework, like the tiniest amounts. She's like, I caught that. And, mm. Yeah, she's she, been there for a while, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is maybe her fourth time. I think it was like eighteen years or something. Yeah, I think Trevor Gertuga's been there longer, though. I think he has uh-huh. one. When Trevor Gertuga got on council, he had a he said he had to grow a mustache to make himself look older. Mm, that sounds very Cody Fraser like. <laughs> I know, right? Very Cody Fraser. Uh, yeah. Okay, so um, on Rebecca Johnson, that you bring this mm-hmm. up, but first with the mayor, with Bill, I'm I'm like everybody I talk to has good things to say about him, and you know, I'm amazed by that. So I like that. Oh, there! Oh, don't get me wrong. There's tons of bad things I could say about him too. Mm, for sure. <laughs> Actually, I mean, everybody has their pros and cons, right? Yeah, but it's like it's seems to be a pattern. Now, I I saw something and with Rebecca Johnson, and she had an interview, and you know, we there was a discussion. I'm going to bridge this over to the budget now. Sure. There was a discussion with the host about how much in percentage over the years all combined property tax went up. Okay. While like I don't know, like so that looked like it was like seventy percent overall in like eighteen years or something like that. Hmm. I mean that sounds like something Rebecca Johnson would bring up. I know I think she brought that up the long range forecast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you compound interest like that, like it's not unlike uh, cost of living increase mm-hmm. that goes as well. Um, again, going back to those, the, the third of our budget being taken by police, fire, EMS, those awards are arbitrated. If they're arbitrated at yeah, no control 
percent, no control, our budget automatically increases by that much. Mm-hmm. Like a two percent budget, you know, is going to break the bank because of this long term rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've survived this long with the system. Um, I don't really. The whole system, I think, needs to change. But um, I mean, that's above my pay grade. Like that's the the province would change that. Yeah, that's right. Because we I'm just here about trying this. to make the best out of a, a crazy situation. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, think about it. Like you collect property taxes. Like the taxes you collect is based on the property value you have. Mm-hmm. It's not based if you could pay or not. What happens if you you work part time? Maybe you're you've got some sort of health issues and you work part time, but your father leaves you a property, four hundred thousand dollar property. Mm. Now you pay all those. All your money is going just for the taxes. Yeah. Um, it's not about your ability to pay, but then. Now, is it fair for you to have to give up your family home because um, the property, the value of the property taxes are mm. are high? Right? So there's there's always, I think the system could be better overall. Mm-hmm. I get uh, the sentiment that uh, Councillor Johnson was was saying, um, but I mean, just stating it, mm. I mean, we all understand what that means. So yeah, I think it's also to it's good to point out uh, if you want to buy a car. 18, 20 years ago, the car maybe was like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars brand new, and nowadays it's yeah. like thirty six, forty, forty five. Yeah. So overall, everything has changed, right? I haven't heard of anything coming down in price. Mm-hmm. In dresses. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because I feel like sometimes there people want zero percent. Yeah. So that's like, it's it's good that you, that we understand that even though maybe we want to do that too. Yes, we don't want to increase cost, but due to everything that's how it is structured at the moment, it's not really possible. Yeah, well, um, the thing is, people think that council can just unilaterally say 0% increase. Okay. We can do that. There are so few things that we actually have control over on the cost. Um, even um, like legislation issues, like the province says, you must do this. We have to do that no matter what the cost is to us. And we have to figure out how yeah. to pay. So the province does that. The arbitrations we talked about, even the standard of living among constituents. Constituents are expecting more and more out of their municipal offices right now. Mm-hmm. How do we constantly bridge that gap of spending less and still delivering more service that is being demanded mm-hmm. and asked for, like, and lobbied for, like free transit? That is a big one right now. People mm-hmm. are asking for free transit. How do we pay for that? Yeah. How do we pay for that? Mm-hmm. And because that standard is is going up because the people just want better things, right? And I, who's to blame them? Yeah. But then that also means no zero percent. Mm-hmm. If people want and we're being legislated, there's so all these pressures coming at so many angles. That it's not just a yes. council decision of whatever, cutting half the staff as they leave the door or something. Like, mm. it makes no sense. Okay. Good. I always yeah. like that, it, that you point out why things are how they are. And granted, this is just my interpretation of how things are. I've been on council six years. I'm in the middle of my second term. So 
Um, I mean, if you ask another council member, they might have a different take on it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, of course, I'm more, more right. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's, that's my uh, interlude. Over to you. Back to you, Shelby. Now we talk about long-term forecast. Yeah. Oh, that, that was the long-term forecast. I just wanted to point to mm. that slide 22. Oh, you don't oh. want to talk? Okay. So, well, um, I, I, you know what? Uh, okay. Oh, oh. You talk. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I'll pull it up. All right. So, um, uh, I've seen some uh, interesting posts on social media. I always appreciate when uh, pages of documents are accessible also on social media because I find there's a lot of people are on there. And I, I Cody shared some stuff. And, you know, there was a slide where uh, affordability came into perspective for Thunder oh. Bay. I think that was rated yeah, number that, one. That so. is, I'll tell you what slide number that is. That is affordability rating. That is slide number five. Yeah, and then um, that was right there with the house price, average house price. Mm-hmm. So would Housing that- in Thunder Bay is it's probably the, the best bang for your buck right now. Like, yeah. Yes. The increasing, no big boom bust cycles like Calgary or, or Toronto. Um, Thunder Bay real estate is a good investment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be sued if somebody invests. And <laughs> I have it on the Michael Lighter show. <laughs> Quote the Michael uh, show. Yeah, so this, <clears throat> this slide doesn't, um, doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. What do you like about it so much? About Thunder Bay? Oh, okay. Let's talk about that too. Um, but the slide that Cody shared, or Councillor Fraser, I like that it is just accessible. It pops up on my screen when I ch- check on my social media. You know, I've, this is this thing with, and this is going to be a rant now. So excuse myself. When I, for example, I try to book people in for the show, mm-hmm. and they say email me, and then I rip out my hair that I don't have <laughs> <laughs> because. I find it so much easier just drop you a DM and then quick exchange or even a phone call. Phone calls are good too with me too. But really, e- you don't like email. Eh? Email is so old school. Oh. oh my goodness! I introduced you to all those people over email. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? I was like, I'll help you find people for your show. Uh, like meet Michael <laughs> at email. Yes. And I mean, like I do it. It's okay, but it's like. And I think it's the standard too. Like email is a standard, like for anybody, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Standard email only. Paper trail, <laughs> two words. <laughs> yeah, but and I get it. You know, you can organize it, you can flag it, but I find it so much easier. Just DM, send your message. You can exchange. You see if the person has seen it. You know, then like after two weeks, you don't get back. Okay, whatever. Rent is over. Okay, question then. Should I DM you this slide deck so you can take a quick peruse through it? Mm, I can just go to Cody, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just just ask Cody. (laughs) No, Cody Fraser, here you go. Um, Yeah, he had to affordable rating and then we have population trends. So... Mm Um, yeah, business climate interesting too. Thirty-eight businesses opened in twenty twenty, and fifteen closed. That was um, that. That's actually a shocking number. I, I would 
I would think that more business would have, would have closed, but I guess COVID hasn't, um, COVID's taken its toll on business. That's for sure. Um, it'd be interesting to see final numbers once, um, once it's, once COVID has run its course, I guess you would say for lack of better words. Yeah. It's going to be a while. I think, I don't know. And then we have 150,000 people around Thunder Bay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a good size. That is, uh, yeah, the, the catchment area, I guess, would be the, um, would be, like, that's not just the city, Thunder Bay District. Yeah, well, you know, this is like the suburbs, right? Yeah, like Kekebeka. Ke mm -hmm. A lot of those people would come to Thunder Bay to shop and work, uh, work. yeah. And then the other slide he shared was major employers <clears throat> in Thunder Bay. Yeah, that's a good one too. Also, unemployment rate, you know, for pandemic, 7.5%. That's not so, it's bad, but I mean, it could be worse. It could be worse. And you know what? There, there are still jobs to be had. Like some uh, companies, this is actually a really, as, as bad as it is for, I mean, my business, it's terrible for my business personally. Mm. I come at it from a lens of thinking about all business. And not all businesses are suffering. There are some restaurants, I think we spoke about this before, that are just hopping. Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, I can't, Wasabi, for example, on Arthur Street, make a phone call. Yeah, there's like five people in line waiting for pickups. Like, it was just a revolving door. Mm -hmm. um, now, and other businesses that are maybe more uh, geared towards pandemic, like the the services for a pandemic, they're beefing up their, their staff. Mm -hmm. they, to hire new staff so this is a good opportunity for the workforce to kind of shift and balance and it's uncertain yes for sure um but it's a good opportunity for some change if people might have had stagnant lives or maybe you had a stagnant business that needed to be spruced up and you needed this force to mm. to uh to push things yeah yeah things are changing yeah mm. I'm probably, the michaelated show you're probably going to be super famous because of the pandemic Everybody's going to be bored at home. They're like, what's going on? That's right. Michael <laughs> Famous. <laughs> Your face is going to be on everybody's t-shirt and glass jars. Oh, no, no, no. Plastic, right? Plastic. Yeah. Is glass better than plastic for landfill? I feel like glass is just sand. You could grind it back up and put it on the beach. You can recycle both now. Like my sweater is recycled. Hmm? But what happens after you're done it? You've done your sweater. There was certain thoughts in my mind, but I did not say them. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um, Anything else? Yes. Um, again, I think the hot topic forecasted tax increase for property tax is also going to be interesting. Is that correct? Yeah. They, uh, let me see what slide that is. I'm just going to look it up here. I would be interested if you know the average tax increase over like 10 years. Was it, is it? Is it actually in the slide deck here. Yeah, okay, that's perfect. Um, just to put this in comparison, right? Because maybe I just started falling it this year, right? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's hard to keep track of all of it as well. Increase. I know I saw this earlier today. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so it goes, this particular chart goes back to 2012. Okay. Um, so there's a change net of growth. So there's um, the tax increase. There's also the new buildings that get built. Mm-hmm. So more tax uh, revenue from the, the new assessment. Um, so that nets out. So in 2012, we had 3.2% increase. Okay. 13, 1.88. The highest increase I would say would be, actually would be 2012 at 3.2%, 2.1%. This year we're at two percent net of two uh, percent change net of growth. Last year we were at one point eight nine. So that one point nine eight. It worries me a little bit dipping down below two, and here's why. Back in the nineteen nineties, like the early nineties and late eighties, there were some really low tax years, and it was great because all of the the city council members were heroes for lowering taxes. But then they also didn't invest enough money into infrastructure and then systems were overwhelmed. And then we had the flood of 2012 mm-hmm. um, when those systems could have been maintained um, and just money put into infrastructures to increase size. And um, so I think when I see numbers below 2%, it, uh, it really worries me that we don't put enough into the infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, because city has a demand mm-hmm. city has demands that we need to, to meet. So. Okay. We'll yeah. And looking up, what are the numbers saying there? Three, something, right? 3% next year or something. Uh, so for this year's 2%. That's right. Uh, yeah. I never believe in the forecast for next year. Next year's uh, probably okay. will handle itself. They always say something big and then something different. So I don't believe it. Okay. So that's like peace of mind. You go, you get there when you get there. Yeah, totally. Mm. Things changed. Like this time last year, we were never talking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Talk pandemic until what end of February? We started like really paying attention. Yeah, yeah. I remember Casper was just born. I was sitting on the couch in the basement, and it was like early January. And I, on Twitter, it popped up some kind of virus in China. That's what you remember? Yeah, that's what I remember. And Caspar was like one or two weeks old. And then I was like, ooh, hopefully this is... And then like people die. Like how to, how it was portrayed on Twitter. That's where I caught it first. And then yeah. I was like, yeah. And then sure enough, that's it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm trying to think. I heard about it back in... I want to say around Christmas time. Because I had a friend who joked... That, oh, every 100 years we have a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then that story came out about the Wuhan virus. And I think they were, we, we were all calling it Corona at that time. And I didn't think too much of it because, you know, everything happens everywhere else in the world. Nothing happens in sleepy old Thunder Bay. Mm. It wasn't until I got, I was in San Diego early March. And everyone was just on edge. They were spraying everybody's hands. And one booth, because I went for a social media conference, had all this hand sanitizer they were giving away. They're like, oh, we don't want to take it back with us. I'm like, oh, I'll take it because, you know, people are getting a little weirded out. So I'll, a few little bottles of hand sanitizer, I'll make it through this pandemic, no problem. Mm. <laughs> wow. wow. Then I got back and then I had a chat with my uh, my friend, Bella Irwin, who owns the Umbrella Clinic. And she's like, it's going to be chaos. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then it blew up. Yeah, and then by that mid-March, I laid off my staff. Mm. 
closed my doors, didn't know when I was going to go back. Broke my heart. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of people were really just reeling. Mm. Where do you think we are now with what's the public like now, in your opinion? Uh, I think there's tension. Yeah. I think people, I think it's, it's, there's people that are like off the bridge of losing everything, probably. Yeah. You know, and then it's tough. You know, once it goes into the existence of who you are and what you worked for and everything you worked for, it's hard. I think it, there's a lot of... As I stay at home order. And I get it why they do it and I respect it and I do it. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I follow it. And I believe in it. <clears throat> But I get that people are stressed out I get that people don't know what's happening. And I, I, I understand that people think about things. It's super complicated. It weighs heavy, I think, on especially elected leadership that you know, we, on a good day, we're expected to make people's lives better. Mm. And we're absolutely powerless in how this thing is ravaged. And it's, it's the effects of the, the the prevention, like staying locked in your house is having a major psychological effect on people. Yes. Uh, I know Norm Gale brought this up. Um, I think it was actually during the forecast. He said there's the fourth wave of the pandemic, which is the mental health mm. issues are going to arise from it. Uh, the depression, the all kinds of things that come out of it. Yeah. Yes, and that is already, like, mental health was big before, and now mm -hmm. it's, it's blown up. And I think there is a need for um, help. And we somehow have to get help to people mentally. Because it's, I, we do not have, there's not enough support. For that one, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, me too. I know, and I mean, even just the like the wait time to see a counselor mm. it took took me three weeks to go, get to see somebody. Yeah, I'm like, it's tough, and um, yeah, I just I don't know. I wish there was something I could do, mm. um, but at this point, like, I'm also trying to survive myself. Like between my business, the business is the love of my life. Yes, exactly. There, I, there's not much else that has brought me as much joy, heartache, and sorrow and pleasure as my business. And it's it's a big identity for me. I believe and, you. Um, yeah. And to have like already a, a small family, like my brother moved to Fort Francis with his with his children. Um, and they've brought me a lot of joy and and love in my life. And I it broke my heart to not see them at Christmas. Like I haven't seen them in months. Yeah. And it's so many people are feeling this way. And how do we how do we still I haven't seen my parents, my parents' side. I haven't seen them since large last last February. Last February. Yeah, I have not seen them. Because wait, is this a good thing? <sighs> <laughs> Sometimes parents you need a little break from parents. <laughs> But mm, no, I would I have liked you. to see them in between sometimes. Not every yeah. week, but I mean And you wanted to see like the kids and stuff and Yeah, well they're in their sixties. So, are they in Thunder Bay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. But I mean, like, it goes so quick, you know, and it's like it can hit anybody and we don't know. Yeah. It's it's very, very complex. So I don't know what the best choice is, but I know that people are feeling it. I felt it when Tuesday the announcement went out. I felt a little bit down. I'm not oh, kidding. I know, right? Like it's so such final words. This is a stay-at-home order. Like I felt like the draconian. Like oh my goodness, this is this is what all the mm. the history books tell us. This is bad news. We're all gonna die, mm. like, and it's gonna be painful. And you're gonna be running for your life, and you don't know who the bo- boogeyman is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a night. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything that night. And then Wednesday, was it the first day Wednesday? No, today was the first day, right? Today's the first day, stay at home? Yeah, today was the first day. So today I sneaked in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Sneak or snuck? I sneaked into the car because I bring ours to school because we don't put them on the bus anymore. And um, And then I felt like I, I was sneaking out of the house. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I snuck snuck down into my art room and did some painting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I drove him to school and then I drove home and then I stayed here all day and then I picked him up at three again. And that's it. It's huh. crazy. And here I thought the budget would be the depressing part of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's good to talk about it, you know. If if I, if I, I'm a very positive kind of guy. Like I, I love life and I strive for bringing out the good. But I also can be put down, and you know, yeah, I felt, I felt it, and and it's good to tell the tell you that. And and now I'm I'm okay, you know. Today before I went down here into the recording studio, I was like, okay. So one day is over. Like mentally, I crossed this day off. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. This is me working through it, saying oh, one day less, because who knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Who's? I remember thinking, oh, Europe has gone down to a social bubble of ten people, as if that would ever work here. Mm. And here I am, lonely as fudge. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. So, what do you do to cope? You work out. You do your trainer. Mm, yeah. You like your muscles have muscles. What's going on with that? You must be doing supplements or something. No, <laughs> just beer. Yeah, just beer, right? <laughs> Show my friends your picture. I'm like, look at this guy. Yeah, just They're the like, just the German beer. The Germans. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's my stress. I let it out. I, you know, the other day. In bike training, I don't know how familiar you are. With bike training, you measure your power by watts. Oh, yeah, yeah. My partner does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, trainer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I, I'm usually spin around 225, 230, and I hold it for an hour, and I watch some Netflix. And on Sunday, I didn't watch Netflix. I just listened to music, and I just I had to let it out. And then my average was like 250. So that's 20, mm. 20 watts up. So there was there was something going on. Biking. Everybody's in this biking kick. Mm. I started running, actually. Yeah. 
I think, because I wanted to get my lung capacity up so I could do skate skiing. Mm. Um, so I started skate skiing again. Nice. It's been 20 years. Wow. I'm, I'm skiing on 20-year-old skis. But then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to fresh air and buy some new skis. I'm like, everything is closed, and you got to try it on. And mm. like, like, I'll stick with the 20-year-old stuff. Wait till next year when everybody who thought they were going to take up skiing this year, like, eh, I lied to myself. I'm going to take them skiing. And they try to offload all their stuff for half off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a smart way to do. That's a smart way to do. Yeah. Mm. But I do find like, yeah, I get depressed. I'm like, I don't feel like skiing. I just, oh, I'm sore a little bit. Oh, I didn't sleep well. I'd make up some excuse why. But then if I push myself to go, I'm like, I'm so glad I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The bike and it's then. Not even that I, it's not even that I feel like super high grade. It's that it brought me to a normal level. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. For me, it's more like I'm getting like, I'm a re- I will record this at night, right? So. The day's long, I'm tired, and if I bike, I let go of stress, I wake up again, and then I, we, it's, this is happening. Right. Yeah, so, and outside time. Go outside for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Get the kids <laughs> out. The kids need it. Like, they need to go outside. Yeah, I got these hiking slips for my shoes. Mm-hmm. They have little pokes on them so you could go hiking. Oh. Yeah, well, they're pretty good. You you climb waterfalls now, frozen waterfalls. Yeah, uh, I don't go chasing the waterfalls. <laughs> 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 no, they're just like little nubs on the bottom of your shoes, mm. so you don't slip on the actual trails. <laughs> okay. Oof, okay. So this went totally right. different than I expected. <laughs> you know what? And maybe next time we'll have a different conversation at the end. Who knows? Mm. We'll, we'll check in with our each other mental health wise after the next budget budget chat. Yes. You know, and that is good. It's good. So 2% increase mm-hmm. is happening probably, right? This will be ratified. Um, well, we go through the budget process, right? And we start at 2%, and that's the direction we gave administration. They came back with this. Um, I don't foresee any big move, fast movements, mm. but uh, no, so this council is very um, interesting. Is the council going to decide on who gets awarded to build the soccer plex, or is the city deciding that? Uh, we have a process, a procurement process. Mm-hmm. That's you know, if you check off all these boxes, whatever, then this is the the bidder. So that's um, mm. yeah. Because that was announced, and there's two local ones, and then two out of town, right? And the ones mm-hmm. in, in town they have um, about the same price quote. Yeah, and from what I understand, there's still going to be some movement with that with that quote as well but uh you get to see it i think it's coming to council not this monday but the following monday yes and i've also read that the tax is being ref not charged or refunded either or on the purchase oh hst yes yeah Yeah. so i don't know if that number is correct but i i saw it would be like if the quote was about 38 it would go down to 33 not sure if those numbers are all correct but uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty much true for any business. So if um, I buy a wedding dress, I spend let's say a thousand dollars on the wedding dress. I pay a thousand dollars plus the the tax, so the um, the hundred and thirty dollars tax on it. And then when I sell the dress, say I sell it for two thousand dollars, I charge the bride on the taxes in the two thousand, so it's two hundred and sixty dollars. So then I take that tax money from her, and I can cancel out what I paid for it. Mm-hmm. 
I remit to the government $130 for that. Yes. That's where the, you get the money back. I'm assuming that's how it's very similar because it was the HST that I saw would be we to get back. Okay. Yeah. That's just an interesting side fact. Side fact. Side fact. Muscle. Fun fact. We have it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm tired, Michael. It's good. We, I let you go. I appreciate the quick update on how things go. Are we going to do this one more time when it's all over or how is this going to go? Um, yeah, we can. Um, you know, after we have the four meetings, I can come back. We can chat. I'll tell you, give you a play by play what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, invite people to participate through the online workbook, uh, through the post budget deputation. Um, just to make sure that people have the opportunity, like your listeners, to participate and be an active member in uh, in the process. Okay. Beautiful. Well, I uh, wish you exciting meetings and um, stay safe over there. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to cut off the recording, Shelby. Shelby Shang, Budget 101, thank you so much. On the Michael Aid Show. <laughs> Michael Aid. Cheers.